This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Cannabisradio.com proudly presents Grassroots Marketing. Each episode curates thought-provoking dialogue with an exclusive class of thought leaders who will offer high-end roundtable business strategies and solutions that seek to prune and harvest great ideas in each 30-minute episode. Thought leaders in the cannabis industry convene here to share some of their best practices and protocols. Let's chart the growth of this burgeoning industry, one of the world's premier cash crops, right now on Grassroots Marketing. Hi, this is Adrian Cullum reporting for CannabisRadio.com on the 2019 Cannabinoids in Medicine Conference in Berlin, Germany, hosted by the International Association for Cannabinoid Medicines. I'm speaking with Dr. Franjo Grottenhermann, who is a physician practicing in Steinheim in Germany, who treats many patients using medicinal cannabis available through pharmacies here in Germany. And Dr. Grottenhermann is also executive director of the IACM and a main organizer of the conference. Welcome, Dr. Grottenhermann. And thanks for your invitation. Thank you for joining us. Um, first, let me congratulate you on the success of the conference. It's been an inspiring experience to learn the latest developments in therapeutic cannabis from the doctors and researchers who are leading the way. It's also been really great to see so many physicians from across the world coming together to learn about this emerging area of medicine. Yes, I think it, I think it was a success. Yes, we had tenantees from 35 countries and uh, we are increasing from year to year. It's very good. Yes, it was a really impressive turnout. Dr. Grottenhermann, what would you say to doctors around the world who are considering prescribing medicinal cannabis for their patients? Currently, the legal situation in um, different countries are very different. So there's no general advice. We know that cannabis is helping in many conditions. Uh, we know that in many conditions, uh, the scientific data are limited. What we can say is that we should go to the aim that every patient who needs cannabis should get it. Um, and this depends on the legal situation in every county. One advice is uh, to tell doctors that they should believe their patients. Most patients who are contacting doctors already have experience with cannabis and they find relief. And doctors are often skeptical and they should be open both to clinical data and what is available as a science, but also what their patients tell them. Absolutely. Um, I, I guess a lot of doctors are waiting for clinical trials evidence to give them guidance in how to treat patients. But 
what you're saying is that they should actually consider prescribing cannabinoids uh, even without those clinical trials data to back them up at this point, I guess, based on their, the patient experience and the clinical data that is already available. If you look at other medications, uh, doctors usually do not act different, yes? For example, we know that opioids work in pain, but they do not often work they do not work in every pain. So this is very normal that doctors ask their patients, how does it work? Uh, what, are you, what are the side effects? Does it work? And they are used to listen to patients uh, in case of approved medications. And I'm some, sometimes irritated that they change this attitude when it comes to cannabis. Yeah, The same is for antidepressants. Antidepressants only work in a small part of patients and if it does not work you try another one yeah and if it doesn't work you try another one so this is the usual attitude that doctors listen to their patients and when it comes to cannabis they sometimes change the attitude yeah and i have learned of course much through uh, the science which is available and but i also learn much through to the patients who just tell me how it works in their condition. Thank you, Dr. Grottenerman. That's really useful advice. And I'm sure that a lot of patients who would have otherwise not been able to find treatment can find treatment with that uh, approach from doctors for lack of clinical trials at this point. Um, you gave a presentation at the conference about the interactions and side effects, I guess, of cannabis with other medications. And you mentioned some pharmacokinetic and pharmacodynamic interactions. What can you tell us about those? Are these serious issues that doctors need to consider when patients are, say, on other medications? Yeah, we have two kinds of interactions. Uh, first are the pharmacokinetic interactions, which are usually more relevant. Pharmacodynamic means that, pharmacokinetic interaction means that sometimes drugs, medicinal drugs, work in the same direction. For example, they are both sedating, they are both analgesic, they are both antidepressant, and there may be unwanted pharmacodynamic interactions, for example, increase of sedation. Yeah? So if you, if you give, take a, a substance which is sedating and you take also THC or perhaps also CBD, uh, this sedation may increase. But this may also be used therapeutically. So we see often an addition of analgesic effects of opioids and cannabinoids or, or cannabis or THC. And this is the, the, the same with uh, many other medications. Antidepressant effects may be additive or uh, antiepileptic effects may be additive or anti-glaucoma and decrease of intraocular pressure. So these are the pharmacodynamic interactions. Um, pharmacokinetic interactions is different. This is usually an interaction which is based on the metabolism of medicinal drugs, usually in the liver. THC and CBD are metabolized in the liver, um, degraded in the liver by enzymes. So if two medicinal drugs use the same enzyme, there may be an interaction. We have several forms. For example, uh, 
let's take uh, an anti-epileptic drug like clobazam and CBD. They use the same enzyme in the liver. And if you give CBD in addition to clobazam, then the concentration of clobazam may increase. And so you have to measure the concentration of clobazam. This is especially true for high doses. If you give THC and CBD in low doses, there's usually no relevant pharmacokinetic interaction. But in high doses, there may happen something. Yeah. High doses of the other medicines or high doses of the THC and CBD? Uh, both. both. You, you can expect much if you have... You need high doses in both, with both medications. For example, if you have a normal dose of clobazam and a low dose of CBD, you cannot expect relevant interaction. But if you give both high doses, then you can imagine that the enzyme has to work more. Yeah, it cannot sure. act so quickly to metabolize both, degrade both medications in the same um, speed as with one medication. So it needs more time and metabolism is slower. So this may result in an increase of concentration of the, the, the medicinal drugs. There are other pharmacokinetic interactions. For example, we have certain medications which may increase metabolism. And, and so this may result in a decrease of concentrations. Uh, this is a rather complicated issue. Usually, sure. this place does not play a major role in daily uh, well, medication. Uh, this is usually only relevant um, when it comes to um, CBD treatment, which is usually done in high doses in epilepsy. You take 200, 300, 400, 500 milligrams of CBD. Um, in other conditions, it's not so relevant. Yeah. Okay. There, there, are, there are articles, for example, that there, is, there are interactions with uh, CBD and THC with can cancer medications. Um, but they are not so relevant because THC and CBD will not reduce the efficacy because it will only increase the concentration of the other cancer drugs a little. So this will have no negative effect. It would be negative if it would, for example, reduce the concentration and thus reduce the efficacy of the other medication. So in okay, daily, but it's actually amplifying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in daily, in daily medical practice, pharmacokinetic interaction does not play a role. Um, as a neurologist in epilepsy, you should know something about this issue. Absolutely. We're going to commercial break, and we'll be right back. Grassroots Marketing will return after we generate traffic to our generous sponsors. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth that we can use consciously and intelligently to improve our well-being. Take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. Learning to live and live well is a lifelong process. This is a journey. It could be you could be 80 years old or eight years old. You can still learn something that's gonna make tomorrow a little bit healthier, a little bit easier, a little bit happier, a little bit better. The concierge for better living with Doc Rob. Only on cannabisradio.com. 
elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. It's time to hemp present. I am going to titillate your audio orifices with weekly radio rendezvous with some of the premier movers, shakers, and history makers of the cannabis community. Radio resident hempo sapien Vivian McPeak. I will be putting out a call to action on the issues of the day and putting your interests under the big lights as I provide cannabis commentary and weekly interviews that go straight for the nugular. Marijuana! Hemp presents only on Cannabis Radio. We're back with more motivating marijuana monetization insights on grassroots marketing, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. I'm here with Dr. Franjo Grottenhoman, who is Executive Director of the International Association of Cannabinoid Medicines and a practicing doctor in Germany. Um, so the pharmacodynamic interactions may be more significant. Um, I, I saw that you mentioned that THC and opiates may have a cumulative effect and, and some other types of medications. It was anti-epileptics and, and uh, sedatives. Yes. This is a kind of logical issue. Yeah, If you use a benzodiazepine, which is sedating, and use alcohol, this may increase sedation. This is not different to cannabis yeah so this is rather logical you just look at the effects of the drugs of cannabis what what cannabis may do and then you can see okay if you take a medication with a similar effect then this may be additive or synergistic or this may be good or bad depending on what you want Yes, you mentioned that uh, these interactions may also be of therapeutic value. Um, for example, reducing the amount of opioids that a patient may need to take in order to achieve symptom relief. Yes, yes. Which I guess saves lives um, because there's le much less likelihood of an, an overdose on lower doses. Um, I was wondering, might that principle also apply to, for example, stimulants used in ADHD, whereby a lower dose of, for example, Ritalin would be required to have a therapeutic effect if it was combined with THC? Yes, yes, of course. Well, I have many patients with ADHD, more than 300 uh, patients I've treated with, with cannabis, and some of them use uh, cannabis only in the morning and evening and so, and many others only use uh, stimulants in the morning and then cannabis in the evening so to come down uh, so to get rid of the side effects of, of the amphetamines uh, yes this may be used uh, also in ADHD fantastic um, what about the acute side effects of THC I know there was a lot of talk at the conference about the therapeutic dose um, being hit before um, the side effects become overwhelming. You also mentioned that in your talk, um, but um, a lot of uh, doctors and uh, governments out there are very worried about um, causing psychosis in patients. 
uh, and, and also I'm wondering about chronic side effects such as schizophrenia that are also well feared in the medical community and in governments. Well, there's a good review of the Institute of Medicine already done in 1999, which basically said that the side effects caused by cannabis or marijuana are similar to those expected by other medications. So that is the basic, uh, basic idea, which is generally agreed on in the medical community, which has experience with the use of cannabis. If you look at it in detail, you see two things. We have acute side effects and we have chronic side effects. And what cannabis does is it often causes acute side effects. So on circulation, on psyche, on cognition, on psychomotor performance, and so on. And this may sometimes be the reason that a patient does not tolerate uh, cannabis or cannot take in cannabis in a dose that would be needed to have a treatment effect. This is the other way around with other medication. Many medications are, uh, for example, if you take cortisone or something, uh, then it is well tolerated acutely, but not very well in a chronic uh, situation. If you take for years and years, with cannabis, it's the other way around. If you have, uh, if you uh, take it acutely and uh, have no much as have no much side effects, you can take it for years and years and years because it does not uh, have a negative effect on the stomach, on the liver, on the kidneys. Of course, there is much concern when it comes to addiction and schizophrenia. And it is generally agreed on that people with a genetic predisposition for schizophrenia or other, other risk factors for the development of schizophrenia, that cannabis may be a trigger to, to get schizophrenia. Uh, so you have to be careful with this issue. When it comes to dependency, we see that it is similar to tobacco or a little bit less to tobacco. It's much less relevant as benzodiazepines or opioids. And, uh, but we must know that when it comes to um, dependency, this may differ from patient to patient. Yeah, if you, I have patients who go on holidays for two weeks they do not take cannabis in this time, and they have no, no problem uh, with regards to taking no cannabis. And others, they have some problems, sleep disturbances or so on. But in a medical context, context these, this issue of dependency does not is a major issue. When we come to schizophrenia, we have to have in mind, well, there are studies uh, on what, what, which is increasing the risk for schizophrenia. If we talk about cannabis, that may be two, three, or fourfold. It's, it's not, not quite clear. It's very difficult to get, get out of whether it's a cause or whether it's a treatment or something. There's one interesting study which shows that uh, living up or, or, or getting up or uh, um, having a childhood in a, in a town, in a big town, is so stressing that it doubles the risk for, for schizophrenia compared to the countryside. So I've never heard any government tell the parents, well, if you want to get a child 
don't uh, uh, live in a town, but go to the countryside because the, the town may cause schizophrenia. Yeah. Sure. But if you have uh, cannabis and it doubles schizophrenia, uh, governments tell um, their citizens, well, don't use cannabis because it's causing schizophrenia. So we have to take this into relation. Yes. There are other uh, reasons to develop schizophrenia. For example, this issue with town and countryside. Yeah. Or a bad alcohol trip, a, a death in the family, an emotional crisis of any sort of, could also of, be a Of course, of course, yes, yes. And you have, well, you have to have, um, make a risk risk benefit um, analysis. Yeah. We also know that in certain cases of schizophrenia, where standard neuroleptics do not work, cannabis may have a positive effect. Uh, there have been case series done in a hospital in New York, which have been published, um, where the authors found that these patients may have a somewhat different origin of their schizophrenia and do not respond to neuroleptics, which works on the dopamine, uh, but kind of other cause. And in these cases, cannabis was more effective. So, but this is a very seems to be a very small group of patients. But I have is that some THC patients. or CBD? Uh, THC, THC, indeed okay. THC. For CBD, it's well known that it's antipsychotic. There have been three large studies or middle large studies, which show that 800 milligrams or 1,000 milligrams may have a positive effect, similar to other neuroleptics, or in addition to neuroleptics. But in some cases. THC may work. And I have a very few patients who respond very well to cannabis rich in THC. For schizophrenic uh, for, for schizophrenia. For example, I have one patient who has schizophrenic symptoms in stressful situations, only in stressful situations, and cannabis brings him down. Uh, let's let him live a normal, rather normal a relaxed life and so he has no symptoms of schizophrenia so but you have to be very careful and you have to be very experienced uh, to treat a patient with schizophrenia with in uh, with cannabis rich in THC so it's not for for a normal family doctor issue yeah you have to have much experience but CBD of course CBD of course is antipsychotic yes that treatment that you're talking about is that patient using it for acute side effects or they're using it as a maintenance program uh so for example using it every day regardless of whether they're having any schizophrenic attack on that day he does not tolerate neuroleptics they have no effect and he okay. uses cannabis on a daily, daily basis yes to control symptoms or to prevent them that's really interesting we're going to commercial break and we'll be right back Grassroots Marketing will return after we generate traffic to our generous sponsors. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. 
SmartPots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, SmartPots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? SmartPots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million SmartPots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Candid. Captivating. Compelling. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Welcome got to Cannabis Conf. Oh, you got me again. All right. I got you again. You got me again. Welcome to Cannabis okay. Confidential. Ah! <laughs> hey, we did it. We did it. Yeah, Welcome. I have the coolest guest today. You guys already know the one and only Tommy Chong. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Cannabis Confidential. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Himping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint Business and cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. We're back with more motivating marijuana monetization insights on grassroots marketing. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Hi, this is Adrian Collum, and I'm speaking with Dr. Franjo Grotten-Herman, Executive Director of the International Association of Cannabinoid Medicines and a practicing physician in Germany. In your speech, acute side effects for one might be a therapeutic effect for another. So, for example, whereas a normal brain might get high or disoriented, a patient who has medical symptoms that are controlled by cannabis uh, may find symptom relief. Um, one example you used was that in ADHD, there is some evidence to show that sufferers drive better when they have THC in their system. What yes. can you tell us about that? Yes. Well, this is, this is natural. You have no molecule on Earth, on Earth with a so broad pharmacological um, effects. Yeah? There's no other, no other molecule which has effects to increase appetite, to reduce pain, to reduce muscle spasm, to be um, um, have effects against depression, to reduce intraocular pressure. That is, this is so diverse. So it's not, there's no other body cure on earth which has with such a diverse uh, pharmacological spectrum. So you can expect that if you want to use THC or cannabis for, for a certain disorder that other effects might not be welcome. Yeah. On the other side, um, 
if you suffer from pain and depression on sleeping uh, problems and um, muscle spasms and so on, this may be, you may have one molecule to treat every, every uh, um, symptom. So this may be, we see it in many patients, yes. I guess that's pointing toward the root cause of many, many disorders being in the endocannabinoid system or in related systems. Yes, this is also an, an, an aspect, yeah. Uh, we, we know that there are disbalances in many uh, systems of the nervous systems, and um, this may be also true in uh, the endocannabinoid system. Yes, we have um, in certain disorders, we have lower endocannabinoid levels, or we have increased uh, um, levels of CBD receptors, CB receptors, and so on, yes. Is there much preclinical evidence supporting the hypothesis that these disorders are based in a dysregulation of the endocannabinoid system? And is that being backed up by clinical evidence at this point, or is that in the future, or what are we seeing? What's the state of the evidence base? Um, let's take a few examples. Um, there was one study conducted at the University of Cologne with CBD in schizophrenia, and they measured the level of the anaconobate anandamide in the cerebral fluid. And they found much higher level of the anaconobates in the cerebral fluid than in normal persons. So this increase may have been a reaction to the disease or a cause of the disease. And the authors suppose that it is a reaction to the disease by the body, yeah? so. We have these kind of changes. We also see it, for example, in neuropathic pain. If you have a nerve which has been um, uh, hurted in, in rats, for example, then you see the number of CB1 receptors increase in certain areas of the brain uh, which are responsible for pain. So we see a reaction of the endocrine system to uh, to disorders, schizophrenia, pain, and something else, yeah, or appetite. Uh, if you have, if you are hungry, your endocannabinoid level in the intestine and in the bowel is much increased. So you have a reaction to certain states or diseases. And on the other side, you see that in, for example, people with epilepsy, that CBD, CB receptors, cannabinoid receptors, and endocannabinoids are changed compared to normal uh, patients. And it may be that this has been, yeah, genetically, as a genetic cause or something like that. Yeah, you see it in, or irritable bowel syndrome, you see it, you have some, or migraine. There is some research that, which has been done. There's these, there may be a predisp predisposition due to a change in the endocrine system. What about the promising results that are being seen in oncology with cannabinoids uh, seemingly having anti-cancer properties. Uh, why we think this might be working for some cancers um, and what we think the future might be. I see that they're doing studies right now uh, combining cannabinoids with anti-cancer agents. Um, and I'm wondering if you might be able to see a future uh, or hypothesize a future where THC was the anti-cancer agent. Well, it was a big, big surprise in 1996 with a study which has been conducted in the USA, researchers found out that rats and mice 
who got large amounts of THC for about two years, that they lived longer. And this was mainly due to lower incidences of cancers. So this was a, a large surprise. And this led much, many researchers to start to look at this. In which cancers does it happen? Uh, how does it work? And so on. And we, for example, take an ex uh, one example that has been conducted in, in rats, in glioblastoma, which is a, a very dangerous, um, severe cancer, uh, a brain cancer. And we saw that temocilomid, which is the standard chemotherapy, uh, reduces the cancer effects, that THC was also effective as anti-cancer effects, and that T CBD was uh, was effective. And if you took all three together, they were more effective than one of them alone. That's what you, what you saw, see in, in, in rats. GW Pharmaceuticals, they, they uh, made a clinical, very small clinical trial with, with humans, um, with 20, um, uh, 21 humans, and 12 of them received uh, the standard chemotherapy, which is temozolamide, and an extract was THC and CBD. And another nine patients, they got only temozolomide, which is the standard medication. And they saw that survival was better in the group, which also got cannabis. So we have some synergistic effects, uh, which have also been seen in humans, not only in animals. We have also synergistic effects of, for example, CBD and doxor were seen in breast cancer only in animal models. We have several synergistic effects um, which have been demonstrated in um, animal studies. And we first started with CHC, but now CBD is also very interesting um, um, substance. For example, this year, earlier this year, there was a case series of an Austrian um, from, uh, uh, study from Austria which showed that patients with glioblastoma who took an additional 400 milligrams of CBD tended to live longer. So um, we have many animal studies, more than 100, with different cannabinoids, synthetic, natural, CBD receptor agonists, CB2, CB1, and so on, and synthetic, and so um, We have very few data in humans, but this is a very interesting and promising field of research. Yes, it's really exciting to see that uh, the anti-cancer properties of THC are starting to be recognized in preclinical research and, and moving into the clinic. That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Grotten-Herman. That's been really interesting. And congratulations again on your Cannabinoids in Medicine Conference 2019. It was a great success and myself and many others learned a lot. Thank you so much for your time today on CannabisRadio.com. You're welcome. Many thanks.
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced from the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beet brand for heart health support. The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 ingredients support nitric oxide production, healthy blood pressure, healthy CoQ10 levels, and heart-healthy energy with two tasty chews a day. Plus, Super Beats Heart Chews Advance are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, get a free 30-day supply of Super Beats Heart Chews on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to RadioBeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's RadioBeats.com, code DEAL. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.